This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. So why do seagulls live near the sea? Because if they live near the bay, they'd be bagels. Welcome to Wings and Things, where you'll find real answers to real questions about everything you want to know about pet birds. Care, feeding, bird products, travel, and more. Everything to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. From parrots to parakeets, cockatiels to cockatoos, you'll have a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about your fun, feathered friends. So, spread your wings and get ready to fly with your Wings and Things host, bird expert and author, Susan Chamberlain. Welcome to Pet Life Radio. I'm Susan Chamberlain, your host of Wings and Things, where it's all about pet birds. On this segment, we're going to discuss a few interesting things that affect all of us who share our homes with feathered friends. We're going to talk about cage rage, the case of the terrifying cable, and other stories. And we're also going to talk about recovering an escaped bird, something that's important to us all. You never know when one of your feathered friends is going to fly the coop if you're not careful. So don't you fly away. We'll be right back with Wings and Things. Sitting on a branch overlooking the parking lot, the pigeons watched as a Mercedes pulled in below them. What do you think, one bird said to the other. Should we put a deposit on that car? Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. What if you could protect the life of your cat with something so simple and affordable that you already use every day? Get ready for the evolution of kitty litter. It's Pretty Litter. Along with all the features you've come to expect from your kitty litter, Pretty Litter's patented and scientific formula will also monitor your cat's health and detect illnesses early while providing industry-leading odor control. Two kitty litters, same cat, same price. But there's one important difference. Pretty Litter reacts to your cat's waste by detecting health issues simply by changing color. And the key is that Pretty Litter detects these issues before your cat shows symptoms of physical illness or pain, likely saving you major dollars in vet bills while protecting the health of your cat. What do you think, little guy? Ready to switch litter? Pretty Litter. Colorful insight into your cat's health. Go to prettylittercats.com forward slash cat 101 or use coupon code cat 101 to get 20% off your first subscription order. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back with more great words on birds with your host, Susan Chamberlain. Welcome back to Wings and Things and Cage Rage. What if your bird is absolutely out of sorts? You know, Romez, my double yellow-headed Amazon parrot, would not be pacified one day. Ma! Ma! He kept calling me. What the heck is that, my neighbor asked. There must be a little kid lost in the woods. No, I said, it's just my parrot. He hates his cage. Romez had recently moved into my home and was housed temporarily in his travel cage. It had a solid plastic 
dome-style top, and he was frustrated in his attempts to enjoy his favorite pastime, swinging to and fro and hanging upside down from the top of his cage. There were no bars to grip, only this smooth, impervious top, and he was one angry Polly. Cracker, my female double yellowhead, resembled an enraged pine cone when she was forced to spend some time in a long, low cage while we were in the process of moving to a new home. Bogart, the Red Lord Amazon, shrank in fear from a black painted cage, and Shorty, my female Senegal parrot, had rubbed the crown of her head raw on the bars of her first cage. Kelly, the orange-winged Amazon, squawked loudly and climbed frantically in continuous circles. What is going on here? Well, we had several typical cases of what I call cage rage. What of your bird's at war with his cage? I just spent a fortune on this cage, and my bird hates it. Before you dump the cage, take a good look at the surrounding area. In Kelly's case... A new table placed in her line of vision was causing the neurotic climbing. Even tame, domestically bred pet birds have a primal need for protective shelter. My Senegal parrot, an import, was exhibiting signs of stress when she chafed herself bald 16 years ago. It wasn't the cage that upset her. It was the lack of a place to hide inside the cage. I covered about a quarter of the cage with a dark-colored cloth, and Shorty began to settle down. When the in-home quarantine period was over, I gradually introduced her to my male Senegal and eventually moved her in with him. Today the birds seek shelter inside their nest box or in a little fabric happy hut inside their cage. Where is your bird's cage located? If it's exposed on all sides, birds will feel vulnerable. Promote a sense of security by locating the cage against a wall or near a corner of the room. Your bird sees things you might miss. It took me two days to discover the cause of their distress when my birds were terrorized by the sight of a kite hung up in power lines two blocks away. Skylights or other large expanses of glass may provide a view of circling hawks or other predators. Move the cage to a more sheltered location or use a cover on part of the cage to provide a hiding place. The higher they are, the safer they feel. At low elevations, household birds are easy prey for critters and children. Cracker probably felt defenseless in a low cage. Once her head was as high as mine, her anger abated and she regained her usual air of superiority. Birds also like familiar things. Bogart had been housed in a white cage for years. When I attempted to substitute a black one, he rebelled. He's so observant, he even notices when I change my nail polish. And incidentally, if it's hot pink, I better watch out because he hates hot pink and he will chase anything hot pink right down. There was an easy solution in Bogart's cage. I returned him to the white cage and I gave Romez, who didn't have the same hang-ups Bogarts did, to the black one. If your bird's new cage is a different color than his present one, place it where he can see it for several days before attempting to move him inside. Install some familiar playthings inside the new bird home, and allow your bird to explore it inside and out before moving him in permanently. Sometimes it's smart to just give up. 
Great Cheek Parakeet owner Elise did everything right. She introduced Little Emerald gradually to a beautiful new cage and furnished it with his favorite things. And then she settled down to a month of pure torture. He screamed his head off all day long, Elise said. A friend suggested maybe he hates his cage. And sure enough, I fixed his old decrepit cage with twist ties, put him back inside, and he was quiet and happy again. You know, there's no place like home, tweet home. Try to think like a bird. Are the perches convenient to the feeders? Is there a swing or high perch where the bird can roost at night? Is there a mirror or other shiny object within sight of the cage? Your bird may be disturbed by the cha changing reflections. Do passing cars cause scary shadows in the room at night? A night light will help your bird find its way back to the perch in the event of a night fright. Can your bird indulge in her favorite pastimes inside the new cage? When Romez was unable to hang upside down from cage bars, he was miserable. After I took him out of the cage with a solid top and gave him one with bars across the top, peace and tranquility were restored. So the answer is, yes, you can change cage rage to cage contentment. Just think about your bird. Think what your bird wants and needs. Think about what might be scary. You know, you have to look around and see what's in the environment, see what might have changed. And, you know, not only might the cage be beautiful and pleasing to you, but just might not be practical for your bird. So those are things to think about when you're selecting a new cage or even when you're moving the furniture in your house. A lot of birds hate change. Some, like my Amazons, kind of love it, though. If I get something new, they're there, like trying to find out just what that is. Well, we're about ready to start on our second topic. We're going to talk about recovering escaped birds. You know, I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than watching your birds soar skyward. Police, fire departments, and utility companies have other priorities, and in most municipalities, they won't be able to help you if your bird escapes. However, there are many things you can do to prepare for and cope with a possible avian escape. One of the most important things you can do is to plan ahead. Record your bird's band number exactly as it appears on the band. This will help you prove ownership if a stranger finds your bird. Make an audio tape of your bird's voice. In areas where people keep birds outdoors, escapees often turn up near aviaries, attracted by the calls of the birds inside. Your bird will respond to its own voice, that of his mate, or another bird of the same species. Photograph your bird for possible lost posters and for identification purposes if a stranger finds your pet. Train your bird to eat treats from the palm of your hand. This may help lure him down from a tree or rooftop. Teach your bird to step up onto a stick or pole. Use a perch at first, then a progressively longer stick or pole. Many escaped birds could be rescued if they'd only step from a tree branch onto a pro-offered stick. But amazingly, most of them have never been stick-trained, and they're afraid of this long thing poking at them. Assemble a rescue kit. Include a bird net, pillowcase, 
You're going to need something to put the escape bird in, and you're not going to be able to carry a carrier up on a ladder. So a pillowcase works great. Your cellular phone, the audio tape of your bird's vocals and a little portable tape player, binoculars, a small cage or a carrier, and a long perch or a pole, and your bird's favorite treats. List the phone numbers of local bird clubs. Some, like the Long Island Parrot Society, will refer you to people who help rescue escaped birds. Include animal rescue organizations and anyone else to call for help if your bird escapes. Tape this list to your cellular phone. Now the rescue itself. If your bird escapes, keep him in sight and don't panic. Send someone else for your rescue supplies if possible, or grab your cell phone and whatever you can carry on your way out. Discourage crowds from gathering, as the commotion may frighten the escapee. Follow your bird, but do not scream, wave your arms, or run around wildly. Approach slowly if he lights with impossible reach. Speak softly, extending your hand or a stick toward him. Place a bird cage on a roof, a deck, or anywhere where your bird can see it. If he is in a tree, place the cage on a table beneath the tree. Bend a branch down toward the cage so he can climb down to it. Use a decoy. Bring your bird's mate, companion, or another bird of the same species safely in a cage to the area. Make a big fuss over the other bird. Your pet may be so overcome with jealousy that he'll come right to you. Play the audio tape of your bird's own voice on that battery-operated tape player. Don't attempt to roust your bird from its roost after dark. You'll be unable to find him if he flies away. Remain nearby if possible, or note his position and return before daybreak. Call softly and offer some food. Hunger may lure him down. Play that audio tape again. Should you climb the tree yourself? Rescues have been affected when owners or rescue volunteers climbed trees and lured or plucked errant birds from the branches. Others have been thwarted with birds taking flight just as they were within inches of capture. Unless you're an experienced tree climber, you risk serious injury by going up after your bird. Don't give up. Can't find your bird? Call the news media. Advertise in the newspaper lost and found columns. Blanket the air with posters. Scan your bird's picture onto the poster. Check avian websites. Notify and distribute posters to police, fire departments, local bird clubs, animal shelters, pet shops, nature centers, and other organizations people may call to report a found bird. Maintain your efforts. Birds have been reunited with their owners after months away. And don't overlook the Internet. There are bird sites on the Internet, uh, Parrots um, 911 for one. Many bird clubs have lost and found sections on their websites. So register the birds on the online websites and have people forward the information about your lost bird to chat rooms and everything. Many birds have been found that way. You know, prevention is the best defense. Have your bird's flight feathers clipped regularly. 
Have this done by a veterinarian or a professional bird groomer. Choose a groomer familiar with the special requirements of certain species. Cockatiel's wings must be trimmed closely, as many are able to fly even with their wings clipped. African greys have prominent keel or breast bones. Their wings must be clipped conservatively enough to permit them to glide to the floor if startled from a perch or cage top. Supervise your bird when she is out of her cage. Even a bird with clipped wings can chew through a window screen or walk out an open door. Within minutes she could climb a tree and be out of reach. Put your bird in a carrier or travel cage when you take him out of the house. Many birds have escaped on the way to a wing clipping because their owners carried them on their shoulders. Can you believe that? Oh, you know, it's it's so easy to get a false sense of security after you've been walking around with your bird on your shoulder for years. But hey, if a truck backfires or, you know, there's a loud noise or a hawk flies overhead, there's no telling. Your bird may be startled off your shoulder and fly away or glide into traffic. It's It's just not worth it. Get that carrier. Now we'll talk a little bit about escape prevention and preparation. You know, years ago, when most people most people's birds were imported from the wild, there was a little chance of ever recovering an escapee. Those were basically wild birds, and once they were gone, they were gone. But now, with domestically bred, hand-reared birds as the norm, the chance of getting your bird back is much better, but certainly not guaranteed. Birds face predators starvation, and other dangers outdoors. There are many things you can do to stack the feathers in your bird's favor. Again, keep those flight feathers trimmed. An avian veterinarian, pet shop professional, or experienced groomer can perform this service. Transport your bird to the vet or groomer safely inside a carrier or travel cage. Inspect your bird's wings monthly for regrowth. Escapes are more likely during warm months when windows and doors are opened more frequently. But birds escape during the winter, too. Keep window screens in good repair. Birds can chew right through them. Locate cages away from a direct route to exterior doors. Record your bird's band number exactly as it appears on the band. This will help you prove ownership if a stranger finds him. Make an audio tape of your bird's voice. In areas where people keep birds outdoors, escapees often turn up near aviaries attracted by the calls of the birds inside. Your bird will respond to his own voice, that of his mate, or another bird of the same species. Photograph your bird for possible lost posters and for identification purposes. Did you know that the black lines on a blue and gold macaw's face are made up of tiny little black feathers? And those patterns are as distinctive as fingerprints. They're excellent for identification purposes. We're going to take a break for just a moment, and then we will be back with plenty more hints of loss-proofing your bird. Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. 
put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back with more great words on birds with your host, Susan Chamberlain. Hi, this is Susan Chamberlain. We're back on Wings and Things on PetLifeRadio.com. And we're talking about loss-proofing your bird, loss prevention, keeping your bird from flying the coop, and what to do if it does. We're still talking about some hints for, for loss prevention and preparation. So the last one we talked about was having your bird photographed for possible identification purposes. And there's another great way to identify your bird. Have your bird microchipped. Ask your avian veterinarian for specific advice on this procedure. It just involves injecting a tiny little transponder, or um, it's a microchip with information on it. It's about the size of a grain of rice, and it goes in the bird's breast, right under the skin in the breast of the bird. Uh, birds larger than cockatiel size can be microchipped. And the information on this microchip is retained by a registry. And if the bird is lost and it eventually turns up at a veterinarian's office and the veterinarian subscribes to the registry service, he can just wave this reader over the bird and find out that the bird is microchipped and who it belongs to. So ask your vet for the details. Microchipping is something that you might want to look into. It's not painful. The microchip is inserted in just about five seconds at most. It's very, very quick. Train your birds to eat treats from the palm of your hand. This may help lure him down from a tree or a rooftop. You know, what's your bird's favorite thing in the whole world? Is it pine nuts? Is it popcorn? Is it a little piece of cheddar cheese? You know, you, you know what gets your bird coming running. With my cracker, it's cheese, any kind of cheese. If she sees cheese, she's your best friend. Establish a contact call with your bird. You say hello, the bird answers. You know, it can be anything. It can be a certain whistle, like a woohoo, something like that. It would be um, something that just you and your bird know and you repeat to each other. Teach a bird to step onto a stick. That's stick again. Use a perch at first, then a progressively longer stick or pole. Many escaped birds could be rescued if, if they'd only step from a tree branch onto that stick. So practice with your bird and get your bird cracking there. Assemble a rescue kit. Include a bird net, the pillowcase, cellular phone, audio tape of your bird's voice, and a tape player, binoculars, the small cage or carrier, and the pole. Keep a list of the phone numbers of local bird clubs, animal rescue organizations, and anyone else to call for help if your bird escapes. Okay, now we're going to talk about the rescue operation. 
If your bird escapes from your home, keep him in sight and don't panic. Send someone else for your rescue supplies or grab your cell phone and whatever you can carry on your way out. Discourage the crowds from gathering. Commotion might frighten your bird. Follow your bird again, but don't scream or run. Place the bird cage on the roof or deck. Use a decoy and be careful not to try and route your bird from its roost after dark. Don't give up. As we said, keep those wings clipped. Supervise your bird at all times and especially around the holidays or any time that you're going to have a lot of company, people coming in and out of your house and uh, coming and going. It's really um, very, very important and can make the difference between your bird escaping and your bird not escaping. You know, you want your bird to stay with you for a long time. My Romez, when he was in his first home, he was out in a tree in front of the house for several days. He got out and stayed up in the tree. Luckily, he didn't fly away. He just hung out up there until he finally decided that he would let his former family go up there and capture him. So I guess he just kind of gave up or decided he'd rather be with people. Well, we have a few more minutes now. We can talk about something else that's of interest to bird owners. How about fruit flies? You know, those tiny little flies that fly around your bowl of fruit or your bird's dishes. They really are pretty harmless, but they're very, very annoying. Fruit flies are tinier than gnats, and they're harder to smack than no But there are ways to eliminate them. The minuscule winged creatures we call fruit flies belong to the order Diptera. We most often see the variety known as the vinegar fly. They feed and breed on overripe, rotting, or fermenting fruits, hence their penchant for hanging out near our birds' fresh food sources. Fruit flies are attracted to garbage. Dispose of discarded fruit in tightly closed containers or by putting it down an in-sink garbage disposal. Wipe your kitchen counters and wash cutting boards and utensils immediately after preparing your bird's fruit and vegetables. Even a tiny bit of sticky residue will attract resident fruit flies. Make your kitchen less attractive to fruit flies by keeping fruit in the refrigerator rather than in a bowl on the table or kitchen counter. If you must keep fruit out, check it frequently for freshness. As soon as it begins to deteriorate, those flies will be back. Empty and wash your bird's fruit dishes after several hours. Again, its cleanliness is so important. Change the paper liner in the bottom of the cage and wipe fruit fragments. Say that fast three times. Fruit fragments, fruit fragments, fruit fragments. Wipe them from the cage bars, floors, and walls. They'll be there, believe me. No food? No fruit flies. Fruit flies are attracted to yeast and fermented products. Pour half an inch of red wine or beer into a bottle with a tall neck and put it in an area where flies congregate. The fruit flies will enter and drown in the liquid. Fruit flies like a calm atmosphere. Move the air around with a ceiling, counter, or window fan. 
Be sure to keep your birds away from fans and turn off ceiling fans when birds are at liberty in your home. Have birds' wings clipped to further reduce risk of injury and escape. Reduce the gnat populations by locating your house plants in a well-ventilated area. Keep the soil free of leaves and other debris. I top off my house plant soil with a layer of bird gravel for a neat, clean look. Did you know that color attacks fruit flies? I use an agrobiotech fruit fly trap, which uses color and no toxic chemicals to attract the bugs to a very sticky glue where they're trapped and killed. Add bait, such as a little beer or a slice of banana to the trap to attract and kill more flies. Eliminate fungus nets, those insidious bugs hovering around your house plants with bug sticks, sticky traps. You know, years ago I watched a friend feed her parrot and she opened the dark cabinet underneath her fish tank and pulled the paper bag out that was filled half filled with bird seed. Well, another bugaboo flew out. Moths. About a hundred of them. I can't do anything about this. There are always moths in the bird food, she complained. Her mistake was that she was storing the seed in the paper bags it was packaged in at the store. She wasn't fastidious about removing the nearly empty bags before replacing them with full ones, so the cabinet and her home eventually became infested with a very healthy moth population. Actually, moths are pretty easy to control, and bird food manufacturers have been a big help. Packaging has changed dramatically over the past few decades, and many seed and formulated diets now come to us in airtight, insect-resistant containers. Larger quantities of food, 20 pounds and up, are still packaged in heavyweight paper sacks, but many of these are lined with moisture and bug-resistant materials. You can stop moths before they gain a stronghold in several ways. Reserve a separate cabinet or shelf just for bird food. Wipe the shelves clean weekly. Bay leaves may help repel moths. Scatter some leaves in food storage areas. Purchase only as much bird food as you will use within about a month. Store small quantities of seed and other moth-prone food in glass or plastic containers. It will be easier to identify and isolate moth infestations if you use separate containers for different types of food. If moths are present in one container, throw it out. Larger quantities of food may be stored in a clean trash cans with tight-fitting lids. I use plastic, a uh, plastic trash can to, for that. And it's easy to wash, it doesn't rust, there are no loose seams, it's right in there. No moths. Use all the food in the storage container before replenishing it. Wash the container before adding the new supply of food and make sure it's thoroughly dry before you put the food in there. Keep the bird area clean. Sweep or vacuum discarded seed off the floor every single day. Check your closets, basement, and storage areas for moth infestations. Don't use mothballs. The fumes they emit may be toxic to birds, and they can make people who are sensitive to them pretty sick. 
I use a small electronic insect zapper as a nightlight near my bird's room. Because it's used indoors, it does not kill beneficial insects, yet the light attracts gnats and moths to the zapper. Never permit birds access to these or any other electrical appliances. Use pheromone lure moth traps in closets, cabinets, and near your bird's area. Don't permit your birds access to these traps. Although they're non-toxic, they are sticky. These sticky traps attract male moths via a small pheromone attractant pad inside. The traps are odor-free, and they work amazingly well. If you have moths, they'll begin disappearing within a few days. If you think you don't have moths, you'll be amazed when you see how many end up in the trap. They belong in every bird owner's pantry. What's your favorite method of getting rid of crawling insects or flying insects without using toxic chemicals? I'd really like to hear your suggestions, so email me, susan at petliferadio.com. Also, if you have questions, email me your questions. Tell me your experiences with your own feathered friends, and I'll discuss them here on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every week on Wings and Things with your host, Susan Chamberlain, and get a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about pet birds and how to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. Wings and Things, only on PetLifeRadio.com.